Good morning, church. Um, you guys heard my um, my sermon on the redwood trees. You know how we got to keep growing and staying equipped. I'm trying to look like one this morning. So you're going to hear what this is all about in a minute. Actually, one of the things God's been putting on my heart is, as your pastor um, just in recent is that I don't want to have a church where um, the whole church revolves around one man other than the, the man of God, Jesus, the son of God, right? But I don't want to ever be like superstar pastor. I want to be the best pastor I can be. I want to get better at speaking and leading and shepherding, but I don't want the spotlight to revolve just on me. And so God's put on my heart a lot to share the stage, to share the pulpit with other pastors that can bless you, that can have other fresh words of vision that they've God's spoken to them. So you're going to hear a lot from all of our pastors here on staff, but from other visiting pastors. You guys saw that our neighbor, Pastor Dave Barr from New Hope Windward is coming in a couple weeks. Come on, you clap for my friend Dave. He is an awesome pastor. He's a good guy. So he's coming to share with us, and we're going to hear just what God's putting on his heart. But today we're in for a treat, too. we got another one of my good friends, amazing pastor, pastor of New Hope Diamond Head. He's here in the house with us this morning. You guys are excited? He also happens to be, um, for, our, for our four-square denomination, our district of churches in Hawaii, there's about how many churches? 52 uh, four-square churches in Hawaii, the New Hopes, the Hope Chapels, a bunch of other names, and you're going to hear a new one here today, an exciting little preview of what you're going to hear today. But um, we have in the house an amazing guest speaker, my friend, a man that loves Jesus, that loves people. And I would just ask you guys right now, as a way to honor him, would you raise to your feet and welcome with me Pastor Fernando Castillo as he comes to share. Come on, give it up for Pastor Fernando. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, come on. That's enough. You may be seated. And um, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Come on. That's why they brought the Hispanic guy to speak to you this morning. And uh, woo! So we're going to be celebrating and um, a lot of things to celebrate today. Actually, I want to thank Pastor Carl for inviting me to come here. This is a very, very special uh, day weekend for this church in the history of this church almost 30 years of ministry uh, today we're going to witness something very 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 special today we're going to commissioning uh, a new church that is coming out of this church like many times in the past once again the the health of this church hasn't stopped so next week pastor ralph and ruby are starting a brand new church called Hope Chapel Honolulu in town, and we're so excited to do that today. And uh, also today in the service, we're going to have communion, and uh, I think it's so fitting to have communion today as we talk about transitions, not just the transition that this church is going through, but the transition that all of us go through life and in fact I will tell you then it's very very important that we steward our transitions very very well these are very important seasons in our lives and 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 when we steward these times of transition well we're gonna really get into the other side according to the will of God into a place of more fruitfulness and more blessing and I don't know about you but I want more fruitfulness in the next season in my life. How many of you want to be more fruitful in the next season in your life? Let me see your hand. Okay, half of you want to be more fruitful. Let me see. The other ones, you're probably you're lazy or tired. Either one of the two. But I believe and I pray the next season for you will be 
fruitful. The next season will be fruitful. And these transitions are like thresholds. We don't use that word that, that, that often anymore. But a threshold, you will understand, is a, it's a place of transition in, in a house between the outside and the inside. But in reality, in our lives, it's a transition between the old and the new, between what it used to be and now what God wants it to become in the future. So today we're going to talk about transitions, and it's so important, again, that we learn how to transition in our lives. Some of you, you're going through natural transitions. It's very, 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 very common. This season, some of you, you, you or someone that you know very, very dearly is going through a tra graduation. Anybody going through graduation? There we go. Congratulations. Good job. That's a natural transition time. Some of you, you're uh, experiencing probably a career change. Anybody career change? Anybody career change during this season? Anybody? Nobody here? Oh, there we go. Some people there. Yeah, there's transition. And the, it's very natural. Some of you, you're probably uh, engaged and soon to be married. That's a huge transition, <laughs> right? Anybody like that? Anybody? Anybody? Maybe, maybe. There we go. Somebody back there. That's so cool. Some of you, you're probably uh, 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 married and are about to become parents. That's another huge one. That's a big transition. You see, we can talk about natural transitions, but I would probably argue that each one of us, we're going through a transition right now. And I say that because God's will is for any of us to stay stagnant, for any of us to, 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 remain, to remain still in a place. God always wants us to move forward from glory to glory. And I believe what is happening right now in your life is orchestrated by God to move you to a greater place of fruitfulness tomorrow and the next season. So it's very important that we understand that all of us, all of us, we're in a transition mode. God is going to move you into a greater place of fruitfulness. And that's why it's so important that right now in the present Today, we steward this season of transition very, very well. So we go to the scriptures to learn how to do that. And the best place I can find is in the book of John, the Gospel of John. If you have your Bibles, go there. And we're going to start probably with chapter 13. And I'm going to talk about probably five, five chapters here in, in the Gospel of John that are very, very important. These five chapters, starting verse, uh, chapter 13 all the way through 17. John decides to write about one event and dedicates five chapters to this one event. This is what happens in the upper room the night then Jesus has the Last Supper with his disciples. They were going to celebrate the Passover and uh, Jesus asked the disciples, sent me a room and we're going to probably have the most important transition conversation we could have. And I'm going to tell you everything that is necessary at this time. And John starts to remember, you know what, that was such a special night. And he starts with chapter 13. He's just right 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five chapters dedicated to probably a conversation that took probably three or four hours during that night. And um, I believe in these five Five chapters are going to kind of cast a light on what the importance of stewarding our transitions well. We want to be prepared for fruitfulness. We want to prepare well for the fruitfulness that is going to come. And in these five chapters, we're going to find probably several, but I want to highlight three main things that we need to consider 
as we prepare for fruitfulness. So if you're writing notes, and uh, we're going to deal with preparing for fruitfulness today in, in times of transition. The first thing that I can see as we start reading John 13, we're going to start reading in a minute. But write this down. The first thing is to define our fruit accurately. Because if we're not careful, we're going to define fruitfulness the wrong way. What do I mean? What does, what does that mean? Well, very often when we, talk about, when we talk about transitions, we naturally, is our nature, our culture, our mindset is to define fruitfulness as more success, more money the next season, bigger home, nicer car, better job, better position, more fame. In the case of a church world, as pastors, sometimes pastors are weird. They just want to be a bigger church and more of this, and more fame, and more of all that stuff. And that's what sometimes we define fruitfulness that way. But I will argue today that when the scripture talks about fruitfulness, when he talks about fruit, the Bible doesn't talk about things. The Bible talks about a person. And that person is Jesus. So if we're going to define fruit accurately, we need to define it this way. Maybe you're taking notes. My fruit, fruitfulness in my life is going to be about more of Jesus. Less of me, more of him in the next season in my life. And I will do whatever it takes today. So as I move forward, I'm going to leave behind who I am. And I'm going to embrace who Jesus is. And I will become more like him. Understand that? It's very, very important. Then we define fruitfulness the right way. Fruitfulness in our lives is more of Jesus. More of Jesus. Less of me, more of him. And in John, he's going to, Jesus is going to start in verse, chapter 13. He's going to tell us the whole thing about becoming more like him. The first incident. Then John relates about the upper room is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And as you start reading chapter 13, you will, you will, you will notice what happens here. The, the culture of the time, really at the beginning of every meal, was to have the lowest of all the slaves in the house to watch the feet of all the guests. And it was a big surprise for everybody when Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of everything, when He took that role of the lowest servant of all, the slowest slave of all, and he took a towel, basin of water, and started washing the disciples' feet. All of them. All of them. Including Judas' feet. And he washed them. And as we read in chapter 13, he, he, John tells us all the details about it. And then he gets to verse 15. And let me just start reading there to you what Jesus said here. He said, I have given you a what? An example to follow. I'm telling you, this is how, who I am, and you need to follow my example. Become who I am. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, the slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, now that you know that you need to become more like me, God will bless you for doing that. God will bless you for doing that. From the very beginning, Jesus is telling us, you want to steward this transition well, this season, the present? You want to be a good steward of today so you can have a fruitful tomorrow? You better, you better follow my example. Become more like me. Become more like me. Less of you, 
and more of me in your own life. And that's a, a, that's a big call. It's a big thing. See, you may think that your transition right now is about, oh, yeah, more of that stuff, more things, more stuff. Yeah, that's great. And not, there's nothing wrong with more things, with those kinds of blessings. But we cannot forget of the greatest blessing of all. In fact, the best blessing that I can pray for you, for Pastor Ralph, for Pastor Carl, for their families, is that you will be more like Jesus in this next season of your life. And that's why today the present is all about stewarding it so well so you can move forward more like Jesus. Less of you and more of him. And I remember when I was in, in the place where uh, I, I was going to plant the church. I was being a, a youth pastor for a couple of years here in Hawaii. For I moved here a, a, a little bit over 11 years ago. And, and, and when I felt that call to plant the church, man, I was excited. I was like, yeah, I want to plant a church. And I went to God and said, God, yes, give me an awesome church I, and, and a big church and, and great leaders and, 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 and lots of people and big offerings and so I can do great things for you. And, and I want to be like Pastor Ralph and, and, and go all over the world and write books and plant churches. And yeah, I want to be like that. And the Lord, I felt the Lord was saying, you're not asking for the greater blessings. And I'm thinking, okay. I'll have a bigger vision. Okay, I'll have bigger churches and more people and more books. Yeah, Lord, forgive me for having such a small vision. I want more and more. I want more and more. And the Lord said, no, 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 you're missing the point. You're missing the point. You see, your prayer is for more things. But the greatest request, the greater blessing that I can give you is my son, Jesus. And at that moment, I can tell you, I was ruined for life. My life changed that day. I remember as I was praying in my living room, in a small apartment I lived back then, I went on my knees and I literally said, Lord, forgive me. This new venture that you're calling me, Lord God, will mean nothing if I'm the same or if I'm worse. This next season is all about you. Please shake me. Please take away the stuff that does not belong to you. And help me to be more like you. And that's what I've been, I've been praying about for the rest of my days. When I got asked to become now the district supervisor of all four square churches in Hawaii. I remember going on my knees. The first thing I prayed. Lord, if I'm going to be more like you during this season doing this, I will do it. But if I'm going to be more dysfunctional and more like Fernando, I don't want this. And the Lord gave me peace. He said, you will go and I will help you to be more like me. That's the only reason why I do it. And my prayer is in whatever transition you're going through, you will have that heart as you pray. Lord, as I move to college. Lord, as I, my kids move out. Lord, as we go through this new career. As our marriage is in transition. As kids are going to come and go. Father, I pray that no matter what, right now, we make decisions that will help us to become more like you. It's not like if you're going to college, you're going to become more like, you know, uh, crazy people. Is that you're going to become more like Jesus. Is if you change a career in your marriage, your spouse, it's not like you'll continue being the same person. Then you will move from glory to glory in your marriage during this transition. For this church, this church, then they will see more of Jesus than the people around the community and around you will see this church more and more and more displaying 
the attributes of Jesus. And what is amazing is then God also in his word tells us what Jesus looks like. Because as you keep going back again, again in John, you get chapter 13. And then after this thing of the, of the washing of the feet, Jesus immediately started talking about the Holy Spirit. How many of you love the Holy Spirit? And amazing what the Holy Spirit does. His job is to make more of Jesus in you. The Holy Spirit's job in your life is to get a chisel and a hammer and start chiseling away the things that do not belong of Jesus in your life. And he's going to remove them and he's going to bring forth the things of Jesus in you. And the Apostle Paul tells us kind of like how that looks like. Let's take a look at Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. I love this. He says here, Paul says here, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? Fruit in our lives. And he says this, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the list. You see, these nine things are the fruit of the Spirit. Paul here is describing what Jesus looks like. And he's telling us in every transition time in your life, the Holy Spirit is producing these kinds of things in you. Love. You know what love really is? Love is giving yourself away for the sake of others. That's what love is. Stop defining it like, oh, it's not like this feeling. No, it's not a feeling. It's a choice to give yourself away for the benefit of others. It means you're going to lose. It means you're going to sacrifice for others. So when you're in a transition time, any circumstance in your life, are you willing to give yourself for others? Are you willing to sacrifice? Or are you going to be selfish? Are you going to be, oh, but, but that's not what I want. This is not what I want. No, this is, this is what I want. It's about me, 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 my, 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 what I deserve, what I want. Or are you going to be like Jesus? talks about love it talks also about joy are you going right now through a season of joy or are you just like okay you're just gonna do what the Bible says and go Jesus what you want to do I can't believe this you're gonna be joyful or you're gonna be ungrateful he says and we have peace the peace that surpasses all human understanding. As you go through these transitions that God has for you, are you going to be, you know, like experiencing the peace that surpasses all human understanding? Or are you going to be all anxious and fearful about, I don't know, and breathing and praying, oh God. That's not peace. You're anxious about all things. It also says about patience. Oh my goodness, I need that one. I needed to hear that one because I'll be honest with you. Of all these lists, probably patience is the one that I can see myself not like Jesus in many times. Sometimes in transition, you have to be so patient with the timing of things. With the people around you. <laughs> and you have to discover, mm, I don't look like Jesus. I have to be honest. Kindness. Kindness is generosity or stinginess. And it's, a, it's so awesome to hear Pastor Carl giving us a report of compassion. 890 kids. Com uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's how Jesus looks like. 890 kids. That's $34,000 a month that this church gives away to help kids in poverty. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's over $400,000 a year. 
Do you know that in this transition, this church, not Carl, but the church leadership has chosen to support the new church, Hope Chapel Honolulu, in a very generous way? In the next 30 months or so, they're going to give away over $300,000 for this church. How generous is that? How generous is that? You see, you choose in transition to be, to have that kindness, that generosity, that heart, or are you going to be like, no, I don't want it, I don't want it, I want it. What, what can I get for myself? No, that's not how Jesus is. He talks about goodness or manipulation. When you're going through a transition, you, you want to try to manipulate things, or you're going to act in righteousness and integrity. It talks about faithfulness. The opposite is disloyalty. Are you going to be loyal to people? Are you going to be loyal to God? Or are you going to be loyal to yourself? And you're going to fight for your things. Gentleness or rudeness. As you go through this, are you going to be a jerk? Or are you going to be like Jesus? And many, many of us, we have to discover, we have to realize, oh my goodness, I'm being a jerk during this season. And you need to be more like the Lord. And obviously here at the end, it says self-control. That's another one that I struggle with because sometimes my emotions, oh, I get so angry. And we don't control our emotions. And Jesus, you imagine Jesus washing the feet of Judas that night. The amount of self-control that he had to have to do that. I'll tell you this. If it was me washing Jesus' feet, I would be pinching his toes. And be like, oh, really? You're going to be good? You're going to sell me out? Okay, hey, washing your feet. <laughs> Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> but you know what? We laugh, but sadly, sadly, that's who we are in the midst of a transition. And when that happens, I'm not here to make you feel guilty about it. I'm here to tell you, if you see something in you in that transition that does not look like Jesus, it is time to say, Lord, help me. Because I want the fruitfulness that is waiting for me on the other side. I want to steward this transition, this threshold well. And I need to do whatever it takes. Help me, Lord. You cannot change yourself. Only the Holy Spirit can change you. Your spouse cannot change you. The pastor cannot change you. You have to surrender to the power of Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. All I can see is me, me, me. I need to see you more and more and more in my life so I can move to this next season with great fruitfulness. What is the fruit? Jesus is the fruit. It's very important. It's very important that we understand. You say amen to that. Yes, it's so crucial. And then, then John keeps writing about this. And he talks about the Holy Spirit in John 14. In John 15, he starts talking about the relationship that we have with God. And yes, we need to stay close to him. John 15, verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit. If it's severe from the vine. And Jesus said he is divine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. We need to stay close to God during this season. When you produce much fruit, verse 8. When you produce much fruit... You are my true disciples. Hello? Of course, because you're producing more of Jesus in you. Jesus can claim you. That's a true follower of Christ. There's more in him of me. It's a true disciple. There's more fruit in them. 
And that brings great glory to my Father. I want to give all glory to God. Not just here by my words, but with my life. Who I become. The more you become like Christ, God is glorified in your life. This is huge. So define the fruit accurately. Who is the fruit? Jesus. More of Jesus, less of me. The second thing, and I can see as we keep going through these five chapters, very important. We have to value healthy relationships above our personal gain, our personal success, our personal righteousness. We have to value healthy relationships above our personal gain. It's so, so important. As we go again, John 15, verse 12. This is what Jesus said. Hey, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way than what? I have loved you. Again, love definition is, best definition is to give yourself away for others. And he's telling each one of us, in transition, you need to love others like I have loved you. In other words, you have to give up. You have to sacrifice. You have to start demanding what is right. When you think about this, Jesus was right. And we all were wrong. But he says, love as I love you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one of our friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. And he keeps going down. If, if we go to verse 16, this is key. Verse 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce what? Lasting fruit. I have appointed you. It's my will. It's my calling your life to become more, more like me. To produce lasting fruit. And this, I love this part. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You know, this answered the question. How come God doesn't answer my prayers? Because you're not praying like Jesus would. So I'm telling you this. The Heavenly Father will never say no to His Son, Jesus. And if you become more like Him, this is the blessing part. If you become more like Him, this is what Jesus is saying. This is a huge promise. When you become more like me, when you pray, the Heavenly Father will answer each of your prayers. Hey, is anybody getting this? This is huge. Do you understand how big this is? This is huge. I want my prayers to be answered. But in order to those prayers to be genuine before God, they have to be prayed with the heart of Jesus. Oh God, I pray that my wife will be just so humble that she just suffers and she just like understands how wrong she is. <laughs> Gotta say that. That doesn't sound like Jesus. Father, I pray for my husband. He's blinded. He needs to see the light. Please have mercy on him. Oh, that sounds like my son Jesus. Oh, sure. I will answer that prayer. <laughs> it's so important. I mean, this is huge. This is, this is so important. Jesus is telling us we need to value healthy relationships over personal gain, over personal success, over personal righteousness. Again, God, Jesus had the chance to say, hey, I am right. They are all wrong. Why do I have to go to the cross? I haven't done anything wrong. I can't believe Judas here. He betrayed. He should, he should be the one going to the cross. And you know what? Jesus was right. But you know what he said? It's not about me being right. It's about 
healthy relationship above my righteousness. And you know what? I'm going to love them. I'm going to sacrifice even though I'm right. I'm going to give up. I'm going to surrender to the will of my Father. And I will see God taking care of things. He surrenders even though he is right. He lets everybody get away. And then what God does is just so amazing. The Bible tells us and because of his obedience, God exalted Jesus above all things. You really want to win? You want to really win? Give it up. Give it up and give it to Jesus. Give it to the Lord. He will give you the victory. Just give up. So important. Thank God Jesus valued my relationship with the Heavenly Father more than his personal gain. And you will be thankful that he did the same at the cross. Thank God. He did not fought. He didn't resist. He went through it. In Gethsemane, he decided, you know what, Lord? I wish things would be different, but not my will. Your will be done. Because he valued our relationship, healthy relationships above personal gains. You know what? When we go through transitions, we have to make that choice. I went through a big transition when I was 24 years old. In, I, I, I was born and raised in Colombia, South America. So those of you then do not know, cultures are very different. You know, the way then we, our family uh, uh, context is very different. In, in our culture, kids do not leave the house unless they're getting married. And this is for females and males. You stay in the house. You go to college in the city where your parents live. You live always in the house. Like college dorms and all those things, they're very rare things. It's an American thing. No, in Americans, you know, you turn 17, you graduate. Okay, where are you living? <laughs> go, go, please. Give me the room back. <laughs> but not in, in my culture. So you can, experience, you can probably guess the tension when you have to live with your parents when you're a young adult. When you have to have your own life and you have to live in cert with certain rules. When you're 24 and your curfew is 11 p.m. <laughs> So I'm going through this moment when I became a teenager and suddenly I was enlightened and I knew everything about life. Nobody has to tell me, right, anything. And, and struggling with my parents for almost 10 years, just going at my parents and, and just going, and they're doing things and I'm doing things. And I came to a point when I was, I'm done. I need to, I mean, I, I need to leave. And I saw going to the U.S. to Bible college as a great option. Finally, freedom! And I got to Bible college, and very quickly, I, I, I reconnected with, with, with who is today is my wife. I got married, and then I realized after marriage, I realized that I was passing a transition, but I realized that right before this big transition, I did not steward it well because I left some relationships not very well taken care of, especially my relationship with my parents, and especially my relationship with my dad. There were certain things that he did and he said and it was so hurtful. And um, I just felt like, you know what, I need to, if I'm going to be successful, which means fruitful, like Jesus in the next season, I need to make sure I deal with this. So they came to visit us, uh, my wife and I, have lunch with them. And I said, Dad, let's take a walk. And it was a walk then turned after lunch all the way to dinner. It's almost six hours walking around our block talking 
about our relationship. And he started like me, but dad, you did this, you never did this. You never say sorry when you make mistakes. Remember when you did this and you did that and you never did this and did that and you weren't there for me and you did this and And my dad goes, oh man, I don't remember any of those things. (laughs) And I'm going, what? And I was like, I can't believe you don't even remember what you did. He said, oh man, I'm sorry. He goes, well, remember when you, Fernando, you did this and you did that and you said that and you did this and then you did that and then you went to do this and I go, Oh, I don't remember any of that. Oh, yeah. And then we realized that we both had issues. Then we both were in dealing with our relationship the way that we should. Then we're not valuing our healthy relationship above our personal gain. We wanted to win. We wanted to show the other, I was right, you were wrong. And we have to give it up and say, you know what, Dad? When we go back home to have dinner, we're going to get into that house, different people. And out there, in a bench, in a park, we sat down and we asked forgiveness and we decided to move forward like Jesus would. 13 years. And God receives all the glory about this. The relationship with me and my parents completely healed. My dad and I, we have great relationship. I texted him yesterday, I love you, dad. My dad has, I can't count it. My dad has told me in you know, our lifetime, I'm 40 years old. In 40 years, he told me that I can't remember that he loves me 15 times. 14 of them in the last 13 years. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But you see, that's what happens when we decide to steward our transitions well. I know probably some of you, you're thinking, uh-oh. Right now the Holy Spirit is bringing certain relationships and mine. It could be your parents, could be your children, your spouse, could be your friends, relatives. Then you know that you've been moving a transition, but there's something quite that hasn't been resolved. And it has to be resolved. And let me tell you, it's not going to be resolved by you saying, I am right, you are wrong. It's going to be resolved only by being like Jesus and saying, doesn't matter who's right or wrong, I give up. I will value healthy relationship over my personal gain. And he's not going to be like, you need to value healthy relationship over your personal gain. No, it has to be, I have to value that. And you take this step and you walk like Jesus walks. It's pretty huge. That's what Jesus does here. The way that he treated Judas with so much graciousness. We can read also the way that he treated Peter. I never deny you. You liar. You're going to deny me three times with so much graciousness. That's how we need to move forward. And lastly, I want to be very clear on this last point. And it's so important. In times of transitions, write this down. We need to fight for and protect unity. So crucial, so important. I'm running out of time, but let me just be real quick. As John keeps writing, chapter 15, chapter 16, he's talking again the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then he hits to chapter 17 when he transcripts the prayer that Jesus prayed that night. This is the last prayer of Jesus for his disciples. And I want to read to you one verse only, then he just captures probably the whole heart of this prayer. Chapter 17, verse 11. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world. He's praying to God, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, 
You have given me, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be what? United. United, just as you and I are, just as we are. This is so huge. Because you see, transitions are so important. God knows that, but also the enemy knows that. So you know what this, the enemy will do, the spiritual enemy in your souls? He's going to try to kill and steal and destroy any kind of fruit that you will have in the next season in your life. So he's going to start planting seeds with, in your life in this transition. He's going to plant dissension. He's going to plant gossip. He's going to plant, he's going to plant uh, regret. He's going to plant offense. He's going to plant this because we're human beings. And we say things and do things that we shouldn't do. Hello, that's what everybody else does. And the enemy uses that to create greater offense, to create resentment, to create division. He does it in our marriages. He does it in between father and, 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 and mother and parents and children. He does it in a church even. So it's in these times of transition that we all together, we have to say, husband and wife, no matter what, we're going to stay together. No matter what, kids, we're going to stay together and we're going to love each other. In church, no matter what, we're going to remain united during this season. We are not going to give room to the devil to divide us and to kill, steal, and destroy the blessing that God has on the other side. So on the, when it, to be practical, it, when he comes to the church, if somebody comes and says, Oh, I can't believe uh, uh, Carl uh, he just has this trip power and kick his dad out of the church. Uh-uh. That's gossip. That's a lie from hell. That's the enemy planting seeds of destruction in this unity. That's not true. Oh, I can't believe Carl is giving all this money to his dad. Uh-uh. That wasn't his choice. That was actually the whole leadership of the church choice to honor and to respect and to give and be generous and walk like Jesus towards Pastor Ralph and Ruby during this next season. Oh, it's kind of it's kind of weird how they do this. And it's, 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 no, no, I give you permission. You can tell that person, Pastor Fernando said, shut up in Jesus name. I'm going to fight for and protect the unity of this church. Amen. And he's going to be here in this church. And he's going to be also in Hope Chapel, Honolulu. The same spirit. No, nobody got kicked out. This is God's plan. It is true. It was a lot of things in Pastor Carl's heart. And Pastor Ralph has submitted to that. He didn't want to do certain things. But he come to say for the sake of unity of this church. Even though it's hard. And I, oh, it's hard. But I choose to do those things. It's commendable. For Carl, the same way. He wanted things a certain way. He said, but you know what? For the sake of the unity, because I value healthy relationships about certain things, man, I'm going to give up. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's about what is right in the eyes of God. And that's, my friends, how we prepare well for the next season of fruitfulness. And this is the best thing. Let me close with this. You and I, you and I, all of us here, we're going to have to come one day before our Creator. We're going to come before the Lord. And as we approach the throne of grace, he's going to look to us as we approach him. His, uh, his eyes are going to gaze into your eyes. And he's going to look at you. And my prayer is that you will hear him saying, Wow, look at you. You look like my son Jesus. 
Well done. Good and faithful servant. This is your reward. This is your reward. Amen. 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 Receive that word. Receive that word. Amen. I believe it's so crucial. So crucial. Now, we're going to move to a very special moment. We want to we wanna pray a blessing uh, over uh, Ralph and Ruby and commission them. But before we want to do that, I want you to witness a very practical way of how transitions look like. And I pray that if you're going through a transition with your children and your marriage, then you will do what you're about to witness right now. I'm going to ask Pastor Carl, Pastor Ralph to come. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a blessing. They're going to pray a blessing over each other. That's what we should do in every transition. You know, uh, transitions sometimes are messy. The cross was messy. There's nothing flamboyant about the cross. It was painful. And this transition has been in some ways painful. But you know what? What they're choosing, they're choosing to do, both Carl and Ralph, is to pray for one another, a blessing upon each other. They're choosing to walk through this threshold into a place of blessing. They're choosing to be more like Jesus at this point. So what I want us to do is to support him in prayer first. Uh, Carl is going to pray over his dad, and then dad is going to pray over, over Ralph. And I want you guys to participate in this. If you can use your hand and stretch over here over the platform as they pray a blessing upon each other, and you uh, bless them as well as you pray and join us in prayer. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for, um, <clears throat> I think for this man that has founded this movement, Father God, that we wouldn't even be sitting in this church here today if it wasn't for the call on his life so many years ago. Lord, I pray that we would all be quick to answer the call that you have in all of our lives. Lord, I thank you for just all of the Hope Chapels that are out there in the world. I thank you for all that you've done in this church, in this community, Father God. And Lord, for what my dad has invested in me, Lord, I absolutely would not be here if it weren't for him. He set me up for all of this. He, he instilled stuff in me and built things in me to allow me to become who I am in order to answer the call that you have on my life. Lord, so I th I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I, right now this is a time of, of new birth and of new blessing, Lord, as he's launching out, Lord, to start his own church. Lord, this is his church that he's handed off to me. But Father God, how interesting is that? How weird is that that you are, Lord, that you would allow the Son to launch the dad out with a new church. Um, that's amazing, God. That's only you. That's creative genius right there. And we thank you for that, Father God. And we just pray blessings upon Hope Chapel Honolulu as they open up, as they start out. Lord, they've been an extension to us for four and a half years, but now they are their own church. We're giving birth to a, a brand new entity, Father God, another church out there in the world. And we're so thankful. Lord, bless them. Speak to them. Lord, may your glory and your presence be in that place. Lord, give them ideas. Give them wisdom. Give them health. Give them growth. Let your favor rest upon them, Lord, as my dad and my mom and the leadership of that church would continually seek you, Father God, that you would hear, you would answer their prayers, and you would bring blessing and favor in their lives, Father God. Uh, we thank you for what you're about to do. We look forward to the reports and everything that we're going to hear. Father God, we know you're a good God, and we just ask, bless Hope Chapel Honolulu, bless my mom and my dad in this next season of their ministry and all the leaders of that church. Lord, we can't wait to see what you have in store. Bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, as we uh, gather here today, I pray that whatever comes of Carl's prayer 
would reflect back on this church because this church has been so gracious and so good to us all. We thank you for it. But Lord, I thank you for my son. I thank you for that little boy that I met when he was just an infant. And the joy of watching him grow up, watching him grow in wisdom and stature. Lord, he's, uh, he was a wise person as a small boy. Lord, I can remember at the, the wondrous changes that have happened in this church and uh, the, the, the huge bounty of people coming to know Jesus. And, and it, it just seems so fitting. It's like everything that I ever taught him when he was a little kid. Uh, within a few days, he'd be doing it as well as I was or better. Lord, oftentimes better. And I believe that you have bigger and better things in store for this church than it's ever known. And it takes the leadership of Carl Moore. Without it, it wouldn't happen. Lord, I thank you for bringing Kanani into his life. Uh, Lord, watching them as, as children falling in love with each other. So precious. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. And Lord, I, I've been praying about this all week, and I feel like there's four things you asked me to pray for, and I want to pray for them. I I, I pray for grace. Uh, Lord Carl's a gracious man. But I pray that this church would be a gracious church because he's a gracious man. That your blessing would be upon them. Lord, that love, acceptance, forgiveness would be freely given to, to any and to all. Lord, to rich and to poor, to broken and to, and to self-contained. Lord, let grace be a characteristic. Lord, wisdom is already his, but I pray for more of it. Lord, that, that he would be able to, to see his way through naughty problems. Lord, that he would have the insight to release captives, that, that wisdom would be characteristic of Carl, that as, as he becomes an older man, that people would eventually begin to just say, he's such a wise man, he's such a wise man. Lord, I, I pray for the new and the fresh. Lord, the, the word that comes to mind is innovation, that, that when people are gathered in a room and they're thinking and, and there's vision and there's excitement and enthusiasm that Carl will always be the guy who sees the new thing. Or I can remember uh, the statement of purpose for our church and we sat for two days as a staff and and, and, and we just couldn't come to any conclusion and, and then Carl just shows up and goes, here it is. And there it was. And it's the right thing. God give him a spirit of innovation. And Lord, I pray last for prosperity. And by prosperity, what I mean is that there would never, ever be anything lacking, that that whatever you put in, in his heart, in terms of vision, in, in his family's heart, in this church's heart, that there would always be more than enough to do the job that needs to be done. Lord, bless, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
Okay, now what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Carl to anoint uh, mom and dad. They're going to go into this journey again. You didn't go backwards when you did this over 30 years ago. You're going three times. Now you're going to do it again in your late 60s. That's amazing. So what I want to do is now pray for both of them. We're going to commission them, okay? So if you were praying with your right hand, now switch and then left hand. Because some of you are already mad at me because I can't believe you put us to pray. No, there's a switch, okay? And if you're sore, we'll pray for you afterwards, okay? So let's lay hands on them and let's pray a blessing. Lord, I thank you, Father, for this couple, Lord God, for what you're doing in them, what you have done, what you're doing today, then it's going to affect the future, Lord God, not just in their lives, in their family, Lord, but the future of so many people, Lord. Father, I pray the greatest blessing that I can pray for them. And that is, that, Lord, during this next season, when they will be more like you. doesn't matter how old we are, Lord God, there's always room to grow and to be more like you. Father, that you will bless Ralph and Ruby in that blessing, Lord. Then they will even see that in each other. Then Ralph will see more of you in Ruby. Ruby will see more of you in Ralph, Lord. And then his family, the church, the leaders will see that. Lord, there will be a new season. A new season, Lord God, where more of you and less of them. And Father, I pray for this new church, for Hope Chapel Honolulu to be a church, Lord God, that honors you in all ways, Lord God. And, and Lord, then in private and in public, they will be just walking righteousness in all ways, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless them in mighty, powerful ways. Then it will be a church where people come and become more like you, Father God. And we pray that blessing. I pray a blessing over this church, such a healthy womb of churches and i pray that you will continue blessing this church the fruitfulness of this church not just giving birth to new churches father but to giving lord god more of jesus more of jesus to people that come and worship here and for these communities lord god we bless them lord in the precious name of jesus we commission them to do your work in the precious name of jesus we pray and all god's people say Amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's give God all the glory. Thank you, Lord. And like I told you before, uh, we believe that having communion today is so fitting. So if you're going through a time of transition, Pastor Carl is going to come and minister to you for communion. But if you're going through a time of transition in your life and and you need to remember who Jesus is. There's nothing like communion to remember who Jesus is, what he has done. So uh, here's your pastor. He's going to lead you in communion. Can we thank Fernando? Didn't he do a good job, Pastor Fernando? Thank you. Solid word. That's a word for all of us. We're always in transition. Um, and communion, where it's just a time to kind of to seal it, to remember what we're all about here. Um, I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians 11 about Paul talking about uh, what communion is all about. If you guys would just listen with this, it says, For I pass on to you what, re what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces, and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily 
is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Let me tell you guys this right now. Listen to me. Communion is very, very important. It is a big deal. Got that? Communion is not something, well, they're offered it at church. Oh, snack time. Right on. Hey, right on. No. Communion is huge. The, the Apostle Paul here is saying, this is so big that Jesus said, he's telling his disciples on the, at the Last Supper, here, I'm breaking this bread. You guys don't get it. You don't quite get it yet. In a few hours, my body's about to be broken for you. They still didn't get it until afterwards they remembered what he said. Then he goes, so remember every time you take this, my body went to that cross for you. And remember that when you drink that grape juice, that wine, whatever it is, symbolically, that's my blood that was poured out that bought you back. You used to belong to the enemy. You belong to me now. You made things right. We're in relationship now together. And I know you and you know me for all of eternity. I'm here to fix everything that's broken in your life. And so Jesus basically said, it's a big deal. So when you take it, when we take it this morning, make sure it's a big deal because it's a reminder of what God did. It's announcing the death of Jesus Christ, what he did for us every single time. And you know why he has to do that? It's because we forget how big of a deal is, don't we? How many of you guys forget stuff that you know is important in your life, but you just forget, oh, I forgot my wife's birthday again. Dang, what is that, right? And you forget your anniversary and you forget your kids' birthdays and you forget all of these milestones in your life that at the time you know it's really big, but you just forgot. And the thing with communion is that God has given us something that says, remember how big it is that I died for your sins? Remember that I'm active in your life every day and that I fix you and have cleaned you up and I've, I've got so much more to do, but I've done so much already. Remember, remember, remember. So it's a big deal. So when you come and you take it, you don't just go, oh yeah, right on, Pastor Brad, and then we make it lightly of it. He's saying, make sure everything is cool in you. Make sure your heart's right. Make sure if you're going, I'm so mad at that person, that you go, you know what? That's not cool. That's not honoring God. God, help me to work on that thing. And there may be steps to take still, still like some transitions in your life, some repentance or whatever, but at least you start the process and go, God, I'm going to honor you right now by taking that from a right heart that says, I'm at least going to start working on that forgiveness and loving that person. Is that good? It's a big deal when we take this. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. And then there's tables in the front and in the back. And we're going to ask that after I pray in this next song, as the worship team comes up, that you would just go with people around you, loved ones, friends, family, a couple people, just go and take of the, the bread. Remember that's his body and the juice. That's the blood he bought you back with. And just say a quick prayer together and say, thank you, God. We remember it's all about you. Remind us to be more like your son, Jesus. That is success. That is fruitfulness in our lives. Okay, so let's bow our heads right now. Lord, we love you. Plain and simple, bottom line, we want to be more like you. Lord, the, the, the bread and the juice, they're just sim symbolic of a reminder that you said for us to remember who you are and what you did for us. Lord, we're, we don't like religion. I don't like religion. Lord, but I got to re be reminded of the relationship that I have with you and that you're the one that, that instigated that relationship. I was far from you. I was still a sinner and yet you died for me. So Lord, thanks for reaching out. Thank you so much for saving my life and my eternity. And we do this right now just to remember you and to remind ourselves it's all about you. The mark of success in life is the more that we look like you. We love you. We praise you. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So feel free in this song, go ahead and stand and just find a table and partake on the side, pray, and then come back together for worship. Murdered for me on that